Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get things started today, I just got to give a shout out to, and I hope I'm pronouncing this guy's name right. So forgive me if I butcher your name, but Joey Ryman, his Instagram name is at Schemen Ryman. He sent me a message and it was a message to correct me. And I, I find this really interesting because I've been saying it for so long and he's the first person to correct me. So I, I appreciate him reaching out and correcting me because I try my best to speak the truth. And in the midst of these hour long conversations, I, I don't get everything right. So I've been speaking about how FYA has been the only fest to happen this year. And Joey reached out and had to remind me that, in fact, um, LDB happened after FYA. So, uh, pardon me. I have no ill will towards LDB. I actually tried really hard to go this year. So shout out to LDB and all the hard work that they do every year and putting on a great fest in the Midwest and shout out to Joey for reaching out and correcting me on that. I appreciate that, but we're back and we traveled to North Philly to talk to Clemo, such an awesome guy. I've been a fan of Ripped Away since the first SWB. I had talked to Nate Prosciutti behind the scenes and just wanted to have Clemo on the podcast to talk to him about the bands that he's in, Ripped Away and Fool's Game. And I know that he booked some shows out in Wilkes-Barre at The Hive. And I'm just really interested in these younger kids coming in and putting in work and just doing awesome stuff for the scene. So I just want to give him a, a platform and just come on and talk about all the awesome things that he's doing. So it was really, it was a really fun time to be able to wake up early and talk to somebody who I haven't had a whole lot of um, relations with. I, I met him at FYA for the first time and it was a quick introduction, but I, I was really happy to finally have him on and talk about all the awesome things that he's doing. So shout out to Clemo. I want to shout out to everybody that's staying strong and still pushing and supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. It's still really important for us to to keep fighting and, like I said before, not to get complacent and not to relax just because we have a couple wins here and there. It, it's a really big thing to push for change in our corrupt system. And um, that was my phone going off. I've done over 100 podcasts and I didn't have my phone on mute, so I apologize. But like I said, don't get complacent. Keep going. Keep fighting the good fight. I appreciate every band that is taking the effort to put out any kind of merch or donated sales from the stores. It's really, really a good thing. I'm still stoked to see our community come together and shout out to everybody else who's not in a band, who's I'm still just doing what they can, whether it be posting links, going out to protests, just I'm putting an effort to help make this change because we need it desperately. And it's not going to happen if we just sit back and do nothing. So shout out to everybody who's going out there and trying. But seriously, I had a great time talking to Clemo. We talked about a whole lot of awesome things. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, welcome Clemo to the podcast. Right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Clemo. 
What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm happy we're we're finally here to do the podcast. I remember uh, Nate Prosciutti. Shout out Nate. He he had mentioned uh, you to to me like a while back, and I was like, yeah, like I know about Ripped Away because I I saw um, the flyer for SWB, and I was just really interested in all the bands that uh, you know were on that lineup. So I, I checked out every band, and that's how I found out about Ripped Away. So I always knew that I wanted to have somebody from the band on. That's why at FYA I had asked Nate to introduce me to you because I wanted to just kind of have it like a face to face before I had you on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. That's sick. You know, I appreciate that. I'm, you know, I'm stoked to be here. Shout out to Nate. Shout out choice to make. Uh, that's great. works for shit. Yeah. So I'm just curious about uh, you and like how you got into hardcore and, and where you're from. So if you can just talk about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm actually from a town next to Scranton. It's about like 15 minutes away called Carbondale. It's like a really small town. Like I graduated with like 98 kids. So there's this dude, Johnny, I grew up like skateboarding with because like we had a little skate park and that's really all I did growing up. And he took me to my first show at uh, Underwood Skate Park in Scranton and it was like a metalcore show. And I was like, this is cool. So I did that for a few years. And then like, I feel like most people I stumbled upon, like, you know, backtrack and terror and Madball and things like that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of sick. So then, uh, Wilkes-Bear. Uh, I don't remember what my first actual hardcore show was. Um, it was at the uh, the other side in Wilkes Fair, but once I started going to shows out there, I was like, "Yo, this is sick!" And then I eventually met up with uh, Johnny Edge, uh, our like drummer right now for Ripped Away, and then we started that, and then it's kind of been history since then. And uh, how old were you at that point? Uh, when I like started, when I went to a show for the first time or when I started going to hardcore shows? Yeah. When you started going to hardcore shows? Uh, at that point I was probably about 18. I think I went to my first show at 16 uh-huh. and I'm 23 now. So, you know, only a couple of years. Okay. That's awesome. I, I, I was, uh, I'm always interested in, in um, hearing about how people got into it because, uh, you know, it, it happens like a million different ways. So it's always cool to, oh, for um, sure. Yeah, it's, it's always cool to hear people talk about it for the first time. Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, you know, I'm happy I stumbled upon it. I think it's, like, something I always loved about it is I feel like the skate culture and the hardcore culture or, like, just music culture in general are very similar with, like, the types of people you're going to meet and things like that. Okay. And uh, when did you have the idea to just start a band? Um... I'd probably say like right around that time of being 18 and going to shows and like starting to mosh and things like that. I was just kind of like, you know, man, like I have a lot to say and, you know, like being in a band would be sick. And originally, you know, Rift Away was just something like I had a lot of like personal things going on. And I like sat down with Johnny and I was like, hey, you know, like he's been in bands, you know, he's in his uh, 30s. And I was like, yo, just give me a chance. Like, let's do a band. He's like, all right. So originally it was just going to be for fun. And, you know, it still is, but it definitely turned into something like, much more personal for me and him and something that we're putting a lot of work into currently you know go, we've been going through members and we finally have like a solid lineup so and so that, that's definitely a lot and how'd you guys come across the, the um, other current members so the current members it's uh chris ventura from uh he's also from wilkes area uh he used to play in uh like a couple bands uh uh, Billy Andre, he plays in uh, No Mercy currently. 
and uh, also ripped away on guitar. And then this kid, Trevor McDonald, which I'm super stoked to have in the band. He plays bass, and this is actually his first like band ever. So having him in the band is really cool to see somebody like kind of like me a few years ago, like be super stoked about being in a band and like playing shows for the first time. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome that um, you're able to come across these people and I'm um, just like the bass player, give him a chance to, to, to be in the band. So I, that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, exactly. And he's, I mean, he's super stoked about it. Okay. And you guys uh, put out your, uh, your demo or EP lessons through pain uh, two years ago in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first uh, bit of music we wrote. You know, I was super stoked about that at the time. Not so much anymore. I wish, you know, we did more, but I feel like that's every band when they put something out. And um, why do you feel that way about that first release? Is it just because uh, do you feel like it doesn't hold up or just like lyrically, um, you know, things are different? Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as lyrically, I'd say I'm satisfied with it. But as far as like music goes, I, I wish we did more. And like, I mean, I guess it's where we're at now in the band. So, like the band's obviously matured. Bands get better over time and learn how to like work with each other more and just get better overall and like feel like their sound. And I feel like we're kind of at a point now with like the stuff that we're writing where we know what we want to sound like. So listening to the old stuff, I'm not disappointed in it by any means. I'm just like, I'm like, damn, like I wish we did this and this, but at the same time, it's like, you know, progress shows over time. So I can't really be upset about it. Yeah. And, uh, to be fair, I listened, uh, to lessons through pain and I think it's fine that, you know, from 2018, I feel like it, it can still hold up. Like, I don't just like look at it and be like, okay, I don't want to listen to that. I, I feel like it's not a bad EP. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's sick. Okay. And uh, it seems like you're, you guys um, have been on, on a pretty consistent um, release schedule. You guys uh, released Lessons Through Pain in 2018. And then 2019, you guys put out Redemption Strike, which uh, I, I thought the production on that just sounded like super clean which i'm like really into yeah thank you yeah shout out uh to landmine studios out in jersey uh len from descent uh he really like you know did a good job with that and you know he's a great dude to work with okay and i was just curious about uh, the cover for redemption strike you guys are in in front of some sort of uh, mural yeah that's actually uh right in trenton new jersey right outside of uh chance it's a bar and venue uh, so right next to the venue, there's literally a garage door, like with all this graffiti on it. And I was like, yo, this is cool. Let's just do the promos here or like, you know, the cover art here. And so everybody was down and we just took like, you know, just a basic picture. And I was like, yeah, this looks sick. Like I'm cool with it. Let's rock with it. Yeah. And, um, uh, the guy on the right, uh, I, I'm not sure what his name is, but his, his, his eyes are closed, which I think is pretty funny. Oh yeah, he was probably like really drunk or high or something at that point. <laughs> Just enjoying the show. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, hell yeah, that that that's sick. But um, so and you guys uh, put out um Redemption Strike on uh, Upstate Records. Can you talk about how you guys um had that relationship with them? Yeah, so we were actually doing uh, a weekend run with Roseblood and this band Rest in Piss. Um. And we were down in, we're on the way to North Carolina. It was just like a little three-day weekend. And Mario, or who was it? No, actually, Mitch from Descent had re- reached out to me. And I guess him and Mario had talked. Uh, Mario reached out to him about Rift Away, wanting to be on Upstate. So 
they chipped me up. I was like, yeah, dude, that'd be cool. He went back to Mario. Mario gave me a phone call, and we kind of just decided to uh, sign with them. Uh, I think we're just doing two releases, so we're putting out a full length with them later this year. And after that, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but you know, Mario gave us an opportunity being in a new band off the jump and, you know, we just kind of went with it and he's been very good to us, helped us out with this show, everything. And, you know, it's, it's been fun. Like, it's, you know, it's a cool little label. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. They put out some uh, releases for uh, bands that I have friends in shout out uh, Bo Vice from Chicago. Um, so I, I think it's awesome to see you guys uh, get that opportunity early on in your career and, you know, have some, oh, for sure. yeah. And just kind of get that, that exposure, so uh, th- that's really cool to see. Um, but I'm curious, it's 2020. We're still in the middle of this pandemic. And you, you just mentioned that you guys are releasing a record later this year. Um, are you guys, uh, do you guys have like a date set or are you guys just kind of waiting to see how this thing pans out later in the year? Yeah, we're, we're basically just like stuck in a box until uh, Corona's, you know, over. Like we finally have all the songs finished. Uh, we're doing seven songs. And, uh, you know, we're just waiting to go record it. So as soon as, you know, it seems like places are starting to open, you know, I'm hoping even if we get into a studio soon, um, we're still not sure, you know, I'd like to release it closer to shows coming back if that's even possible, but really who knows when any of that's even going to happen. So. Yeah. I, I, well, I thought shows weren't happening, but I, I don't know if you saw on uh, Twitter floating around, uh, apparently there was like a secret show um in uh, oh yeah yeah uh, and i'm and i know you had recently moved so i i know that that's kind of in your area did you have any uh you know wind did you get any wind about that did you know that it was going on or did you show up yeah so i i knew it was going on and you know i was i've been itching for a show just like everybody else and i wanted to go but i actually had my son and you know that you know obviously comes first so it was kind of upsetting. It was like, damn, dude, like, you know, first show, like, in the middle of all this shit, and I can't be there. But, you know, from what I've seen in the videos, it still did fucking, it looked like it was packed out. Everybody had fun. Obviously, nobody got sick. So, you know, that's what's up. So, I mean, honestly, I, I know a lot of people are very weird about it. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. And I, honestly, I think that's how hardcore should be. Like, you know, it's, it's DIY. Like, there's no phones. Everybody's just there for the fucking music. Yeah, I, I saw like one grainy video of a Shattered Realm playing and I was just like, oh, shit, that that like really happened. And like, you know, I, I was scrolling through Twitter the other day and I saw that, you know, FaceRec um, tweeted and they had like a certain format the way that um, they put out their tweets. And it, it read something like, you know, that they played a show during uh, the during Corona and I didn't know how to take it just because the way they format their tweets. I, I was like, wait, do they play it like early on or did it like just happen so i just didn't really pay any attention to right. it but then when i saw the video um, i think it was yesterday I, like the video popped up on my feed i was like tripping out like holy shit there looked like a lot of people wherever the show was and i was like okay i was like that that's crazy that uh, they're doing these underground shows and i was i, I was surprised um, obviously there wasn't any advertisement that i saw on social media or maybe i'm just not in the right circles but i didn't see like a flyer or anything but the fact to see this show like kind of full of people i was like this is insane yeah no and like i think it was mostly you know word of mouth when you know i mean don't get me wrong it'd be cool to like do it in a way where everybody could have went but Mm-hmm. You know, obviously with the pandemic going on, I'm, I'm sure they didn't want to have a million people there regardless, or maybe they did. 
Um, other way, it's, it's fucking, you know, for me, I was stoked to see it happening. Because, you know, like, you're going to have both, you're going to have two kinds of people. You're going to have people who really are just, don't really like, and I don't want to say don't care about it, but are still going to go on with their lives. Like, I've been, and then you're going to have people that are like, oh, absolutely not. I wouldn't go there. And, you know, that's fine. You could do that, but, but things are still going to happen without you. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely understand that. I, I feel like the, like, if they were to have a flyer or if they did have a flyer and I just wasn't aware, I'm like, it's kind of like a double edged sword. Cause I feel like that, that would just be like something like new for the community to be split about. Uh, exactly. But yeah, it, it was cool. Like I, I would love to go check out some crazy underground show that's happening during the pandemic. And for me, and I've said this before on the podcast, like my, my uh, corporate job is considered essential. So I have, haven't stopped working and my day to day is not that different from before the pandemic. So it, I, I always feel like I have a skewed version of this whole thing because right. it, it just doesn't feel like a whole lot has changed for me um, from like, you know, doing my, you know, going to work and then I never really went out a whole lot anyways. So like just not going to shows and, not going to Disneyland. That's the only difference for me for this whole pandemic. So it, it's definitely like uh, for me, I, I just feel like it's, it's strange, but I, I would jump at the opportunity to try and go do something like that. Oh, I, I, and I don't blame you. I think most people would. And I think like that's something where a lot of people need it at this point. Cause I know a lot of people's lives have changed drastically. So I feel like a lot of people are like searching for that. Like, Oh my God, a show is something that'll feel normal again. Yeah. No, no, I, I definitely understand that. Um, yeah, now I'm curious. Now I, I want to start asking around to see um, if anything like that's happening out here in my area. Because I, I, uh, right now there's uh, this um, group of guys that they have this thing called SOS booking, and they've been doing uh, these interviews uh, live on Twitch. And doing, okay, like, I've seen a couple of flyers. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. So I'm um, you're aware of that, and I I think that's really cool just to kind of keep. Uh, like members of these bands in front of everybody's eyes, just kind of keep everybody, you know, in tune and like just kind of updated with like these people and what's going on with the music. And I, I think that's awesome. But uh, it, it's it's be really interesting to see if somebody would be willing to try to throw like a crazy underground show. Yeah, no, and I I hope it happens more. And honestly, I think it will. You know, maybe not right away in like two weeks, but I think in the upcoming months. You know, it seems to me like more and more people are starting to like you know calm down about the virus a little bit and just kind of get into that point to like where they're like you know whatever and you know shows could happen outside or you know even if people wanted to like they're gonna have shows in their basement and you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that i'm sure some people disagree but i think it i think it's sick so you um did you move to to philly or um where did you move to exactly yeah i live in uh north philadelphia right now um, and I moved out there from, I, w- I was living in Scranton and I moved to Philly finally. Okay. And right now during the pandemic, is it like, like, are they pretty strict about like wearing masks out there? Oh yeah. I mean, so I, I wear a mask obviously, um, you know, cause I'm not going to be an asshole. Uh, but like every store you still gotta, you know, wear a mask inside. The only time I don't wear one is if I'm at the skate park. Like, you know, like you're around people, but you're not super close to anyone. But yeah, Philly's pretty, 
I think I think they just went green actually, so I'm not sure how all that stuff really works. I don't really keep up on it, but to my knowledge, you still have to wear masks in the store. You know, I see people at the grocery stores that are still terrified. You know, like you know, using hand sanitizer, all the stuff, and you know, there's something wrong with that. That's fine. I can't blame them. Um, but yeah, Philly's kind of. You know, at first for me, it was, you know, it, it's fucking weird. Like, you got to grab a mask, leave your house, you look outside. Like, it, it, you kind of feel like you're in, like, a fucking fallout game. You know what I mean? You see everybody, like, scared of this pandemic. And, like, now it's been, you know, a couple months. So, it, it seems normal, which is probably even scarier. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely feel that. I wonder what it's going to be like when uh, masks aren't required. I feel like people are going to feel free again because like, I, I know there's a lot of controversy and people don't want to wear masks. And I, I love seeing those videos online of people freaking out uh, that, that they're, you know, uh, they're claiming that they're being forced to wear masks, but it's just like, no, dude, like we're all trying to get through this together. Like, I don't think anybody actually wants to wear these all the time, but it's like, you know, it's what we have to do to try to get through this thing, you know? Right, exactly, and I completely agree with that. And that, and that's the thing, like you know, when I talk about shows, like obviously I wouldn't expect anybody to wear a mask at like an underground show like that. But you're also people are putting themselves in a situation where they're choosing to go there. Now, my thing with wearing a mask and why I said like, yeah, I'll wear one. And I'm not going to be an asshole is because let's say I was carrying, you know, a bunch of people at the grocery store. Yeah, they choose to go there, but that's a lot different from choosing to go to an event or something like that. Like obviously, you need groceries to survive. Like it's not like you can really avoid that. Yeah, um, you definitely need food to to survive. And granted, you can order stuff online, but that's just like another point of contact that your stuff's being touched by like other people that could have it. So it's just like you know, I don't even know. Maybe you're better off just going grabbing yourself, or or not. I seriously have no idea. This whole thing is always just like you know strange is like I, i've been like reading these stories that, that like popped up on twitter about you know people being super careful but then they just like randomly got it so i'm just like damn that's yeah that's i mean if you want my honest opinion and you know a lot of people disagree with this i truly believe that if you're gonna get it you're gonna get it you know it doesn't matter what you do and that's not to say like an age thing or anything like that i just you know if it whether it's like based on your immune system or whatever the fuck's going on like that's just how i feel about it and you know that might just be me like coping with anxiety mm-hmm. to like make myself feel better and not panic but that's just how i feel about it yeah I, honestly there has been uh times where like i thought about like damn i, I kind of want to get it just to kind of be like all right cool i don't have this like fear of getting it anymore right but and i I I haven't been tested for it because I I feel like if I went and got tested that's where I would get it. That's like you know obviously like that's happened to like a lot of people. Then also there's like false positives and there's all this like crazy stuff going on. So I'm like all right, I was like the only way I'll get has tested if I actually get sick. Uh, but I have like this like thing where I, I never get sick, so I'm just like kind of like in this weird limbo where I'm just kind of like waiting and hoping that like I don't get it. But at the same time, I kind of want to just kind of get it to get it over with. If that makes sense. Right, no, no, that makes complete sense. Like, uh, I, um, you know, I, like, rolled my ankle, or, like, I fucked something up pretty good a few months ago, and uh, it's healed now, but it was right when the pandemic was kind of, like, starting and getting big, and, you know, one of my friends was like, oh, you got to go to the hospital, and I was like, absolutely not. Like, if I'm going to get it anywhere, it's going to be there. Like, that's mm-hmm. the last place I'm going, so I just iced it and let it heal. Yeah, like, unless, like, you were actually, like, you know, going to bleed out or something super crazy, yeah, I, I, I would have done the same thing. I, I would have avoided it at all costs. Yeah, exactly. It's scary, man. 
Yeah, and and, and it's really interesting too because this is like the first time in like my life that I, I I've had had to go through this and like we're all like in the same boat you know so it's something like really interesting to see how things are playing out yeah no and i completely agree and that's something like um between so between the coronavirus itself and seeing the world change and like being laid off at work and things like that and also like you know going to these protests and seeing that i'm like dude these are things that i'm probably never going to see in my lifetime again yeah, I I hope not. I hope we can, uh, you know, find a cure to the coronavirus, and I hope we can make you know positive change in this like you know weird corrupt system that we've been like okay with our whole lives. Exactly. So, oh, I, I want to shout out uh, Ripped Away. You guys uh, did that uh, Black Lives Matter design, and you guys uh, you know donated all the money to the Philadelphia Bail Fund. I, I, I thought that was awesome. I, I, I liked when I saw bands stepping up and using their platform and you know putting the money towards um, you know th- these donations. I, I, I thought that was awesome. So I, I want to give you guys a shout out for that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, we wanted to do our part, and that was something that made me like really happy. Is like you know that's one thing that the hardcore just you know music community as a whole can agree on and it's cool to see that everybody's finally on one side of the fence and you know i feel like almost every fucking band you know i at least donated money or did make a shirt and you know i've seen like a lot of like bigger bands like uh terror and like bands like that like really raised a lot of fucking money and like that's crazy to fucking see because you know hardcore is such a big and small community but really, when you know, when everybody's on the same boat, like you know, there was fucking thousands and thousands of dollars raised. Yeah, which I thought was, it was like I, I think it, it first hit when I, I saw um, Mind Force. They like, um, you know, uh, donated like ten k, and I was like, hell, I'm like, dude, hell yeah, that's so sick, and like that kind of like opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, like if we all get together and you know, like get behind something, like we can make crazy change. And, and then, yeah, like just seeing all like the other bands, record labels, just like, you know, putting up like their donations. I was like, this, this is awesome. And this is like, and like you said, and it's, it's a weird thing to say, but like, it's like if, if you're part of it, you kind of understand like, you know, hardcore is big because like it's worldwide. But then also at, at the same time, it, it's still underground. It's not mainstream. Uh, like, you know, exactly. not everybody you know, like knows what like hardcore music is. So it, it was definitely awesome to see. And even still, like, you know, I, I know people are still, um, you know, putting up donations. So it's just awesome that uh, we were able to get behind and, uh, you know, get come together and try to push for this positive change. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, you know, like I, like I was saying, it's sick to see that everybody's on the same boat for once. Because, you know, there's, you know, people are always going to have different opinions, but that's something where, you know, any decent human being can agree with that, you know, shit's fucked up and I'm glad everybody sees it that way. Mm-hmm. And also you guys um, got onto the, that Wilkes-Barre shirt that was being sold over at uh, dark medicine. I, I thought that was such an awesome thing. I, I love when I saw like, you know, like that, like your guys' community coming together and you know, all the bands um, getting on one shirt. Um, I, I thought that was super sick. Yeah, no, I was really stoked about it um, when I seen the design and, and everything. I was like, yo, this is so fucking cool. And I think, like, the coolest thing about it for me, too, is to see all of the bands and, like, artists in the area now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when I started going to shows, that was kind of a time where it, it, it was the in-between time where there wasn't really a lot of shows happening in Strand wilkes 
there wasn't a lot of bands around like you know choice to make wasn't even a thing yet i honestly think the only band that was around were uh one step closer and worn and you know they they were one step close like they were both playing a lot but that there was really no other local bands to, to even put on the shows with them you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's it's cool to see now like you know, when shows happen, you know, if I'm booking shows or Nate's booking shows or Dan or Brian or whoever at the Hive, like, you know, now we even have the Hive. Like, we have our own venue with DIY spot. Like, it's fucking sick. Um, I know, like, TK and Nate and all those dudes, like, they built a stage there. Like, you know, it's cool to see, like, how much, like, Strand Wilkes Fair has, like, made a comeback because I always see, like, older videos from before I was going to shows and hear stories from people that I've met over the years about, like, you know, going to all these venues and seeing all these bands. And I was like, man, like, what the fuck happened? But I, I feel like that's kind of just like the cycle with music, I guess. You know, it's up top for a couple of years, dies down in certain areas, and then it comes back. Yeah, and you guys are, are part of that new wave. And I hope, you know, you know, and you guys are, you know, keep it up and working hard. And it's awesome to see the the hive come together. Obviously, I, I talk to Nate all the time, so just being able to, just pick his brain and find out what's going on with like that spot and hearing about it coming together. I, I thought was really awesome. And I, I am friends with some like of the older guys from your area. And it, it, there was like a lull in your guys' spot, but like l- looking at that uh, dark medicine t-shirt right now and just seeing just some of the current stuff that's going on. And I, I know there's other bands. It's just like really awesome to, to see. And I hope you guys are able to you know keep it going and just uh, build it up and just keep it strong. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I hope so, too, man. And, like, it's cool because right before Corona, you know, there was a lot of shows happening at the Hive. And I, I said it a few times. There was, like, kids coming out that I've never seen. Um, there was a show that I booked, uh, TV Space Cowboy, and a few other bands played. And a bunch of kids uh, came from, like, an hour away. Their mom dropped them off. It was, like, three or four kids, and they were all, like, 15, 16. And I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Like, I was talking to them and shit. I was like, you know, come to more shows. Like, gave them, like, the... Uh, the Hives Instagram and all that shit. And I'm pretty sure they like, they're going to shows now. Like they came to a few after that. So that was really cool to see like these new heads that are getting interested in coming out. Yeah. And shout out to their mom for being down to take them out. Cause like, th- that's such a, an awesome thing. Cause you, cause you gotta think like, you know, like, like as an adult you work and it's just like, damn, like you, you, your kid asks you to drive them an hour away to go to the show that's going to get out late. So the fact that she was down to do that, to like, let these kids like have that experience. I, I think is really awesome. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I did. I was so stoked for him. You could tell like the kids are like, yo, this is the coolest fucking thing. Like people are moshing, like they're a little scared, but they're like, it's sick. You know, it, it's just like going to your first show, but like seeing it do somebody else's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's cool to hear that they are, are like going to shows like, you know, more consistently. Cause I, I always talk about on the podcast, how the, the youth in our scene is really important. So we always got to kind of like encourage them and put them on and not try to, you know, gate gate, keep them and keep them out. Cause uh, you know, after us, like there needs to be like another generation if we're going to want to keep this thing going, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that too. And that that's the biggest thing is, you know, you got to make people feel welcome. Like it's, it's obviously a very fucking chaotic space. And I'm not saying like, you know, go out of your way and fucking shake everybody's hand, but, at least like younger kids like that like definitely like like you said that is the future so if you like are somebody that's trying to like cool guy little kids like that like i mean you're just shooting yourself in the foot at that point yeah exactly because i'm not the type of guy to want to be everybody's friend um but if yeah there are new kids like there's 
really no point in trying to like um, bully them out of the scene when it's just like, no, like you're going to need them to keep this shit going because they're the ones who are going to have that that spirit and that, you know, that new fire to want to keep it alive and start new bands and, you know, book shows. So it's, it's, it's really important. Right, exactly. And that, like you said, that's the biggest thing is them, like, you know, growing as people and, like, learning how to book shows and starting bands and shit like that. And I, I do remember Nate mentioning to me that um, you booked shows. I, I was curious, like, how'd you get into that, especially at, like, a younger age? Um, so that's uh, – it was, like, the weird time when there wasn't really shows happening. Like, there was stuff going on in wilkes I'm pretty sure TK was still doing stuff. Um I think the, the lamppost was the venue at the time, but there just wasn't a lot. And there wasn't really a lot of like heavier shows going on. And that's kind of like what I was still into at the time. Um, so I just started booking uh, bands at this venue called the Irish Wolf Pub. Well, it was more of a bar than anything, but uh, I met this dude, Pete. He's like, yeah, you can book shows here. So I did that for about two years. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, you're going to have shows where I, I had one show at uh, Rhythm of Fear, at, like six fucking band three people paid and I was like, damn, like this is tough. And then the next show I had over, I think 130 kids in this little ass bar. So it's like in an area like that, it's crazy, but it definitely taught me a lot about like, you can't give up on things like that. And like being so young, I was like getting like defeated, like, Oh man, like, do I just not know how to do this and what can I do better? And I'm, I'm still learning so much, but it was cool to like, you know, I like see what Nate does at his shows and TK and I definitely take a lot of advice from those dudes these days. Damn, three people paid at that show. That's that's wild. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it sucked, but it was still. I mean, for me, I was stoked because like I I love like stuff like that. Rhythm and Fuse is a fucking sick band. I tried booking a show like years ago, like when I was younger, and it was just like it was so bad. Like the venue pulled out because they found out that we uh, weren't going to be selling alcohol and it was, it was like this weird thing and the venue pulled out and I was like, shit, like it's like too late. There's nothing I can do. So like hitting up all the bands and telling them that I had to cancel was just so embarrassing. And like, I, I felt bad because like I literally tried and we had um, the spot like, you know, down and then last minute I had to pull the plug and it was so embarrassing. I was like, I'm never going to try this again. This is just so much work. Yeah, no, and that that sucks. That uh, that almost happened to me once because uh, one of the the bartenders, I guess, did an open mic night, and I went down there and I was like, "Hey, man, there's a show." He's like, "No, my open mic night's happening," and it turned into a big argument. Um, but at the end of it all, my show ended up happening. But I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm not about to cancel on all these bands for fucking open mic night." No offense if karaoke is your thing, but yeah, that that's crazy. Or, or imagine you guys had to combine open mic night and your show oh my god <laughs> that would have been a yeah see and that that's the thing too about um i'm really happy we have the hive because um there was like nate and tk started booking at that same venue too because it ended up being the only spot after the other side closed and you know it, it was such a small fucking place i'm sure if you go on like the feet first youtube feet first productions you, you can see like king nine played there and they're, they're like regulate and like those sets are fucking crazy i know um I'll never forget it during blind justice. There was people like front flipping off the bar and like crazy shit. But then there was also like a lot of like, like small places like that are cool. Cause it's chaotic. It's hardcore. But then it's also like, Oh shit. Cause it was one of those places where like, you know, a lot of bums would walk in and a lot of like random fucking people that didn't know what was going on. So there was a lot of like 
stupid shit that happened at shows because of it being so accessible to like, you know, like I guess regular people we could say. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, imagine being a bum and just stumbling into a hardcore show. Dude, there was a, there was one dude that came in and I had a friend that was moshing and he jumped on the bar to jump off it and the dude grabbed him by his legs and uh, like, you know, swept him off on the, on the, the bar and like, you know, like we had to check the dude and like, you know, what the fuck's going on? But like, it, it kind of blows your mind when you see people like, because you see different like reactions when you can tell somebody doesn't know what they just walked into. Mm-hmm. And so to see that guy do that as if he was like being attacked compared to like most people being like, Oh fuck this. They walk in and walk out. Like it's definitely funny to see. Yeah. Times like that. It, it doesn't remind me because for me, it's like, it's so normal. I've been doing this for you know so long. So seeing something like that, I, I wouldn't even bat an eye. But for somebody on on the outside who you know doesn't know like what hardcore is or how intense it can get, even though like it it's like like it's like controlled. People understand the mosh pit, but like when it's somebody from the outside, they think like a fight's breaking out or they just don't know what's happening. Oh yeah, and like we were saying earlier, like hardcore is so big, but yet so so like small and underground like it really is like you know whenever i'm out you know if i'm with people or you know meeting new people that aren't into that kind of stuff and i can tell they're like oh my god you're in a band that's cool you know what do you play and i was like you know like oh it's a hardcore band and they're like well what's that like and that's still so fucking common like i mean i feel like that happens at least once a week like whenever i like meet people like they don't know what it is they have absolutely no fucking idea and i'm like you know like it's cool because like to me that's like all right cool hardcore is still hardcore like it's not mainstream yeah and whenever I, I like talk about it to somebody who doesn't understand I, I just i ask them if they know who hate breed is that's kind of like um the bar that i said i'm like all right I'm like, do you know hate breed if they say yes i'm like all right cool then it's like along those lines and if not i'm like okay never mind i don't want to really explain it to you i know I, it's actually really funny you say that because that's literally exactly what i started doing and that determines how that conversation is going to go um so it, it's actually funny that, that I feel like there's definitely more people than us too that definitely just use like the hate breed analogy. Yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like they're just um like one of like the biggest hardcore bands ever, and obviously they're still doing it, and they have reached like uh like an audience outside of like our bubble. So it's just like okay, if if, if you understand, cool. But if not, because it, it's just hard to kind of explain because then you can go like oh like you know it's more like punk, and then you can you can dive into it, but sometimes it's just like i don't really want to break down what the heart like what hardcore music is for somebody on the outside who doesn't understand or who's just curious about it it's just like no i'm like how about i just give you some suggestion on like a band to listen to and if you like it cool and if right. not, like yeah like, we can go our separate ways yeah no exactly like there was a kid i met um when i started my job when i moved out to philly and I, like he had like you know gauges and a bunch of tattoos and stuff so i asked him I was like oh yeah like what kind of music you listen to he's like he's like oh i listen to hardcore i'm like oh shit that's so sick because i work with all older dudes so uh-huh. i was stoked i'm like all right cool this kid's my age and oh i was like well what's like your favorite band he's like oh north lane and i'm like oh great here we go it's one of those okay yeah, it, it, it's so strange too how like um there's like other uh, genres that try to hijack like you know the the uh, genre, which is like so like weird to me because 
the the idea that somebody could listen to what they think is hardcore and just because like you know it, it has like some heavy parts it's like this is this is really strange but i'm like all right whatever like i'm not gonna get too like you know torn up about it i'm just like all right cool like you listen to hardcore but not the kind of hardcore that i listen to right exactly and like from the, like that point on like the conversation kind of went i was like oh well like listen to like i just like shot him a couple of bands like obviously i feel like if you like something like that like i was like you ever heard of knock loose like no nah. i was like all right cool check that band out because you'll love that like and they're sick i mean i'm, I'm not dissing them at all i fucking love that band too but it's just like like you were saying it, it's so weird that people like will still call that like call that hardcore and i always get curious i'm like i wonder if this person like really listened to hardcore if they'd even like it mm-hmm yeah. Or if they'd be like, oh, no, this ain't for me. This ain't hardcore. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that have that instilled into their mind where they're like, yeah, this is hardcore. Like, and it's just the farthest thing from it. Yeah. I, I have this dude that I um, see at like, like our, well, I, I haven't seen him in a while, uh, but we, we used to do these um, like quarterly meetings and he, he saw my hydro flask and I had some like, you know, band stickers on it. And he asked me, he's like, oh, like, dude, are, are you straight edge? And I was like, yeah, like, what's up? And he's like, oh, dude, like, I'm straight edge too. Like, do you have any like suggestions on like bands that I, I could like listen to? And I was like, yeah. So like, I, I gave him like a list of bands. And then the next time I saw him, he's like, oh, he's like, I didn't really like any of that stuff. Like, he's like, I'm looking for like, like some like, you know, super like death metal, like heavy stuff. And I'm just like thinking about it. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know any straight edge band that sounds like that, dude. Like, I don't think it really <laughs> goes in that, that direction. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, like, I'm going to keep looking. I'm like, for sure, dude. Like, good luck. Cause like, I, I yeah, I, I, no, honestly, good luck. Yeah. But I mean, that's cool. At least like, you know, I think, I think straight edge is bigger than hardcore and that might be really dumb to say, but I really think it's actually becoming a very, like, I don't want to say common thing, but it's definitely like bigger mm-hmm. like than it, than it ever was, which is, I mean, it's a good thing. I'd rather, you know, see a million fucking straight edge kids than, you know, a bunch of kids on drugs and fucking stupid shit like that. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I, I'm down for that. And I, I, I'm never the one to like push it in people's faces. It's like, I'm obviously like people know, um, from like my Instagram and Twitter, um, Twitter handle. Um, but I get, yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it's been like, um, like a, a part of me for a long time. I'm, uh, you know, proud to be straight edge, but I, I'm never going to be the one to want to shove it in your face and try to make you, you know, join, Right. Well, I'm, I think with that too, like even having it in your handle or your bio, cause you know, our, you know, our drummer, Johnny, like, you know, that's what we call him Johnny Edge. He's been straight edge for, you know, forever since before I fucking knew him. Uh-huh. And, uh, he's, you know, very, he's never one, like he's the same way. He doesn't throw it in anybody's face, but he's always talking about, you know, he's proud to be straight edge. Like that's what his social media is, things like that. And I'm like, well, it is something you should take pride in. Like, you know, you're doing something that not every person can do. And I remember a while back seeing like, you know, it like I really fucking hate Twitter, and like this is like one of the biggest reasons why. Like there were people just complaining about like, I guess people like being tryhard straight edge, or I don't I don't want to say pretending because they were like still straight edge. They were just I guess being a tryhard. But my thing was, you know, I'd rather see straight edge be a trend and kids try to do that over a bunch of kids trying to be like getting into drugs or like you know drinking and driving or just doing like whatever stupid fucking shit that most people think is cool anyway i thought it was cool to see so many like new kids get on the straight edge wave i was like you know whether you stick with it forever or not i'd rather see people try to get into that yeah no i i I have a lot of friends that have sold out and that's to me like when i was younger like i I would get bummed because i didn't know 
anything else because like when i met these guys they were all straight edge and i I thought we were all in it together or whatever excuse me right um but then i i I realized i'm like no um i was like i never uh you know want to do any of that stuff even after my friends sold out so I was just like, okay. I was like, if that's what they're into now, that's cool. Like, that's still not for me. So I, I stayed straight edge. Um, I'm still friends with uh, my friends who sold out, and I don't look at them any different. They don't like look at me weird for still being straight edge. So like, I, I think it's fine. Like, if um, you know, people want to try it and they figure out it's not for them, like I'm not gonna, uh, you know, uh, try to you know uh, give them a whole lot of shit for it. Right, exactly, and like you know, it really is one of those things where it's it's not for everyone. Like, not everybody has that willpower to be able to do it. And that's just, that's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's fair. But it's always funny. Um, like when I have to, uh, and going back to like you know, uh, like it being underground and having to like explain it to people, and then like uh, them thinking I'm weird for being straight edge in 2020. I'm just like, all right, that, that that's still pretty funny to me. Yeah, and I mean, you get people like that, but they're fucking cornballs anyway. Like, I mean, because at that point, like, that's just stupid. If you, you know, you look at somebody funny, it's like, oh man, this kid, he doesn't put any fucking chemicals or anything that'll hurt him in his body. That's so weird. Like, really? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the the question that I love getting is like, oh, how do you have fun? (laughs) I'm just like, are you kidding? That's awful. That's terrifying. Like, see, that's literally something like, that's sad. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, I play video games. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like there's a million other ways like you can have fun. Like it, it doesn't have to like involve uh, like you know alcohol or drugs. Right. I mean, and, and that's the thing too is you know there's people like that though that really do depend on that. And I you know I've been around those kinds of people plenty of times, and I've cut off a lot of people out of my life who are like that because it's like they can't do anything without you know some kind of drug or alcohol or anything. You know, and I, I feel like there's even a lot of people that can't go to shows unless they can drink like I, i've seen that become you know be a problem there was a, a vfw show a few months ago um that uh dylan from shackle put together and uh you know there was no drinking nothing and you know we ended up finding like beer cans in the parking lot and shit like that and it was just like you like really couldn't go one show without fucking drinking especially like a memorial show like there there really are just people that fucking I, I don't even want to say need it but in their mind they need it or they're not gonna have fun and that's just pretty shitty to me yeah i actually remember dylan um posting about it on on, on twitter a while back i i saw him uh, you know pretty upset about all that yeah yeah especially too because you know i guess i'm not i don't really know the history of the venue too well but i'm pretty sure it was the first show back and uh you know they wanted to have shows there again and that could have uh that could have ruined the whole venue for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. From people just being stupid and just, you know, you can't just go inside and chill. Yeah, exactly. And like, and I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. Who's listening to this. If, uh, you know, if you can drink at shows, do your thing. Like, I'm like, I'm not hanging on people like that at all. I'm just saying there's, there's definitely people who feel like they need that stuff. And to me, that's just, like, that sucks. Cause like you don't like you need to find ways to like have fun like like you said like people who ask you how you have fun like without any kind of substance like to me that's fucking terrifying that people like depend on it that much mm-hmm. yeah it's, um i got for me from my point of view it's it's definitely foreign because it's not like you know it's never been a part of my life so you've always been straight edge uh well like 
when I was uh, younger, I didn't, well, I didn't know what it was. So like, I, I didn't right. start, I'm getting it. Like, I, I feel like I got into hardcore and straight edge at the same time. So, uh, it's, it's always just been out. like, um, yeah, it's, it's always just been like one thing for me. Like I, I've never been a part of hardcore and not straight edge. Yeah. Which, which is cool. And I, I feel like that's the case for a lot of people, like especially younger kids. Cause I know a lot of younger kids that are coming around now, I shouldn't even say young because I'm 23. I'm still a baby. But, you know, people younger than me that are going to shows, they kind of, like, see the straight edge thing and they're so infatuated by it. And like, yo, this is so fucking cool and shows are cool. And I'm like, yeah, like, do that. That's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool. It's part of the culture. You know, it's always going to be there. Yeah. And and that's just, like, one aspect of it. Because, there's the, the, like, like, there's just so many different, like, aspects of it. Like, you know, when it comes to, like, all, like, the subgenres and then you know the, the different lifestyles that come with it so it, it's i always like to let people kind of find their own way right i mean that's what you got to do yeah because trying to like control people or get people to, to follow you I, I feel just as like weird and um people like you know aren't just gonna I, I feel like people could follow and not be comfortable with themselves and then one day just freak out and then finally reveal who they really are and it's like oh that's weird like why did we all waste this time like how about you just go and just be yourself and things would be a lot easier yeah. no exactly i completely agree with that too because you, you know you shove something down somebody's throat you know chances are it's probably not gonna work out a year down the road yeah yeah because i because i feel like um we're all just so curious and you, you you tell somebody not to do something it's going to make them want to do it more oh exactly i mean it's like it's like when you're a little kid and you you know your mom says no I mean, just do it anyway like just piss them off like it, it kind of like the things like that in your head really don't go away uh-huh. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's weird how our, our, our brain works yeah i was just like having like a conversation um with jt from on site last night about it that there's like there's things that you're kind of just like born with like i guess like i was like because we were talking about the pandemic and like you know let's say like money runs out for like you know unemployment or whatever the case is and you know people just you know do what they got to do and i like i brought up like a survival mode and he's like you know do you think that's like taught or do you think as a human you're kind of born with that instinct and i was like i think you're born with it like granted like there's things you can learn like how to survive like you know building fires like things like that but i feel like there's like a part of a person like that like every person has that in the back of their brain somewhere like you know some kind of like survival mode on like how to figure out how to you know survive like you know if the world ever like did like start ending or you know money ran out things like that i would like to uh, attribute that to me playing so many video games growing up and being put in all these different scenarios and always having to save the world so I I, right. I I feel like if we were put in a situation, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, which video game does this kind of line with? And then let's kind of try to go from there. Yeah, no, and that's that's kind of how I felt because I just I've been playing through The Last of Us too, and I was like, wow, like this is basically what's happening, just not as bad, but it, it's close enough. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, like if this ever happened, like this is really how it would be. Like it's not like it, it's kind of scary when video games aren't too far from reality. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, like, you know, if this ever, you know, really did happen. Like, it, I mean, it, to me, it's just kind of like a very possible thing, at least to see like with how like chaotic the world is right now. It's not like, you know, it's not like, oh man, like in the future, like this is going to happen and everything's going to be crazy. It's like, yeah, you know what? That might actually happen. It's not just in movies and video games anymore. Just curious. Uh, did you, um, or were you in tune with all the drama with the last of us two leading up to its release? 
the uh like the spoilers and all that stuff yeah yeah like that uh you know a disgruntled employee who like leaked like the whole story and everything yeah so i i seen that there were spoilers and then i literally stopped like even going on ign's like youtube channel or like even searching up anything about the last of us and even when it came out um i just stayed off my phone for three days because i had like just like people were just throwing up leaks everywhere like intentionally trying to spoil it for people so i was like i'm just gonna turn my phone off and i literally just stayed home and played it for three days until i beat it okay and were you satisfied with the game no yeah i I think it's honestly i think it's better than the first one like between like length of the game Mm -hmm. and uh just the storyline overall like it it, it was good my favorite thing about it was literally like and i don't care who you are that storyline was not predictable at all and that's what really sucked me into the game itself. Is because I was like, I like when I'm like playing something or watching something, and like there's so many like, twists and turns, and it's like, wow, like I really didn't think that was gonna happen. And it's kind of like there's enough oh shit moments where like between like um, characters being killed off and like things like that, where like I feel like a lot of TV shows or video games or anything, they're so scared to do those like oh shit moments that everything kind of blends together and nothing really stands out and like that's why that game stands out is because they do the things that are like going to affect people and like not everybody's gonna like it but they're still doing it because that's what they wanted to do you know i get motion sickness so there's certain games that i can't play for like a long length of, of time and okay uh, and i had bought the last of us uh for um, the PS3 and I was so stoked to play because like I heard so much good things about it and I tried playing it but I couldn't finish it because the the camera was just like way too shaky and it was like you know zoom in zoom out and it just like it was just fucking me up and I'm like Dude, I can't do this like like this game and I, I don't know if it was just because uh, I was getting sick for like from playing it but I was like you know this game's not even that fun so like I just never finished it and seeing- yeah man and uh, seeing all the hype for, for, for part two and then you know, hearing you say that um, you think part two is better than the the first one, it, it has me curious because I, I like the idea of the game, but I just couldn't finish the first one. So I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to, to try out the second one at some point. Yeah, I would definitely, uh, if you do pick up the second game, I would definitely just watch. Well, actually, no, you don't even need to because actually – now that I remember that, it is cool. So the second game, um, it actually starts off with a recap of the first game, which okay. I thought was really cool. Because uh-huh. um, it's been like I think seven years or something like that. Yeah, and, and it's nice. Like a, it's like uh, you know tuning into like a show on like Netflix, and they have like you know the um, the, the little breakdown before from like what happened last season. I, I was like like to have exactly. that option to to view it or 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 to skip it because you know sometimes like when, when there's time in between like you don't uh like remember every single detail so like they could you know just remind you of certain like you know key events that you probably like just forgot about yeah no exactly and that's like and what you did it reminded me of stuff and i was thinking i was like man so people who never played the first game like this is perfect because they'll know like exactly what's going on and like why this is happening yeah and i'm trying to think like I, I can't think of a game that off the top of my head that has done that for like a you know like a sequel i i think the only i think one of the assassin's creeds might have done it but that's the only game i could think of that would have okay and honestly i didn't even know you were a gamer so so hearing you talk about the, the last of us i i think it's pretty awesome uh, did oh you, yeah dude did you watch the r- reveal event for the ps5 
Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Um, I'm impressed, and I, you know, I've always been an Xbox dude. Like, I've, I have a oh. fucking Gears of War tattoo. Oh, you do? Um, That's crazy. What did you have, like the the Crimson logo, or? Yeah, yeah, I got it on on my uh, my left arm. It was my second tattoo. Okay, that's and, crazy. Like Gears of War is my favorite. Like that's the best series I ever played. Okay, great game. Yeah, so I'm like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, that, that's my thing, man. Like I, I was always super into video games, like before skateboarding. Like that's all I did, and you know, to this day, like it's just cool to me. Like, you know, you get away from everything, and just like you know, and I attach myself to like storylines more than anything um like campaign single player games like that's why i like gears of war like the whole like you know like brotherhood thing and you know them being so close together and everything being so chaotic but they're still like you know like a family at that point like fighting in a war and like this is like the coolest thing ever and you know like games like halo and uh you know just like there's just so much shit like assassin's creed like it's just endless like it's, it's one of those things where you know, you you go into a game store, like you look at all these games, and it's like you get sucked into something and literally escape reality, and you're in somebody else's fucking world for a couple of days, and like that's like really cool to me. Hell yeah! Uh, so I, I find it interesting. You said that you're normally an Xbox guy, but um, how'd you end up with a PS4? I literally bought one uh, the day before The Last of Us Two came out. Oh, so wait, wait, wait. So did you play the first one? Yo, yeah, yeah. I had a a PS3. Okay. And uh, I literally did the same thing. I bought a PS3 just for the first game. Uh, I beat it. I played, I think, God of War 3. And then I sold it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get a PS4 again. Because there's a couple games I wanted, like uh, like Resident Evil Dawn and uh, the newest God of War and uh, Days Gone. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy a PS4, get The Last of Us, beat that, and then get all the games that I've been missing out on because I've always had an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I feel like that's um, where I'm at. Like, so uh, a couple years ago, I uh, was moving and I just wanted everything to fit in my car. So I sold off my TV. I like threw away my bed. And when it came to my consoles, I was like, you know what? Like, I just I'm not going to have time right now. So I sold off like my, my switch my PS4, my Xbox one. And I was like, I'll get them again at some point. But I, I never did. I ended up just building a, a gaming PC. And that's like my main source of like where I play all my games. And right. And I just bought a switch a couple months ago because uh, the Animal Crossing came out. And I was at this point where I'm like, shit, like I really want an Xbox. I really want a like a, a PlayStation, but it's just so late in the life cycle. I'm just like, I don't think like I want to drop that much money when I know the new systems are coming out at the end of the year. And I know PlayStation is going to have like backwards compa- um, comp- compatibility. So it's like, oh, like it sucks right now, but I'm just going to wait because it's just a yeah, lot of money. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, and I would. Like I said, I mean, dude, I thought about it, mm-hmm. but I wanted The Last of Us so bad. And I had a friend that was like, yeah, I'll sell you a PlayStation for 150 bucks." So I was like, all right, whatever. At least I'm not buying one brand new. So yeah, dude, it kind of did myself justice. That's a deal because I'm, I'm sure... Uh, when it gets closer, you'll be able to trade that in and put that money or put that system towards your new system. So, yo, yeah. Well, and that was what I was thinking about. I was like, you know what? I could just take these both because, I mean, for me, I'm probably going to get the new Xbox first. Okay. But I was like, I could just trade these both in, get the new system, and then do whatever. Yeah. I mean, you'll basically get it at a discount because you're, you know, I'm trading your old stuff. So you're not going to be paying full price outright for the Xbox. Exactly. Okay, and I'm curious. Uh, do you like the design of the Xbox um, better or the PlayStation Five? I think the PlayStation Five looks a million times better. 
Okay. But it's just being like, so my biggest thing, like with the, like, so the PlayStation, like the reveal event really sold me and I, like, I definitely want to get one. Mm-hmm. Like I, that game with the the cat with the backpack, I was like, that's fucking sick. I need a PlayStation. You can play as a fucking cat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a few other games. I can't remember the names of any of them, but like that I've seen, I was like, man, that like looks cool. There was just like a bunch of like new exclusives, but I know there's uh, a new Gears of War game that came out on PC that's coming out on the new system, and there's a new Halo coming out. So those two alone for me are like, yeah, I have to get an Xbox, and hopefully there's more exclusives that get announced. But yeah, I'm 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 not like. Uh... You know, growing up, when I thought you had to um, pick a side, I was always like pro PlayStation, just because I that that's what I had growing up. Like I, my mom bought me a PlayStation One, PS Two. Um, I camped out for a PS Three, so I was always like team team PlayStation uh, until I, I met my buddy Nate, um, who I, I do like an MMA podcast with. Uh, he he actually sold me on getting an Xbox to play Gears of War with him and his group of friends. So that's um, why I, I finally caved and got an Xbox and saw that it was okay. I could have both and like, you know, I, I wouldn't be a traitor. So um, I, I was like definitely stoked on getting that. But um, for me, I, I feel like I liked the design of the Xbox a console more just because like I'm, I'm all about just like simplistic just like like as simple and plain as can be uh so i, I just like the fact that um it's just like some weird plain looking tower that it, and to be all honestly i it's just going to be behind my monitors or behind my tv like i'm never really ever going to see these consoles because uh, like fun fact i don't buy physical games like i do everything digitally so like uh like you know playstation it's cool that they announced that there's going to be like a digital version of the system so i'm, I'm curious to see if um, xbox is going to have something similar um, but that's like the option that like, i'm going to go because like i haven't bought a physical game in a long time the last physical game i bought was for the i think it was for the 360 no it was maybe xbox one i can't remember it was yeah it was xbox one it was um metal gear rising it was like that action game where i remember you, that game yeah yeah where you played as Raiden, and that was the last physical game i bought and i bought that on a whim it was like two in the morning i was at a walmart i was like i want to spend some money so i went, <laughs> I went and bought a random game but um since then i haven't bought anything i went f- like fully digital so like and that was like years ago so yeah so like, like everything i own is like you know like digital so uh, I, I that's where i want to go like moving forward Oh, yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, that's what I do now. The Xbox I have is actually all digital. It doesn't even have a disc tray. Okay. So for me, for me, like, I was like, all right, well, that's cool. I'll just get that because I didn't have any discs anymore anyway. But the last di- uh, disc I bought was uh, when Spyro came out, the was remastered. Okay. Just because, oh, yeah. like, as a kid, that was my favorite fucking game. And I was like, oh, I need this on a disc. And the Xbox I had at the time had a disc tray. Then like bringing that home, I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like I'm about to play fucking Spyro. Like again, I'm, I think I was like 22 when it came out. Maybe I was still 21, and I was like, this is so fucking cool. Dude, Spyro, another game that I couldn't finish because of the camera. It was like so crazy. Like it got me sick. Oh my shit! I mean, that game I could definitely see it because that thing it's fucking all over the place. Yeah, because like I, I I forgot like um I had some sort of like demo disc like that that PlayStation would do like either from like the PlayStation magazine or from like Pizza Hut back in the day. Oh, dude, I remember those things. Yeah, yeah. they were fucking cool as shit. Yeah, so Spyro was on on one of them. There was like a demo of Spyro, and I, I remember trying to play, and like, I was like, God, I can't do this. This is so bad. Yeah, dude, that that sucks. That's really shitty and unfortunate. Yeah, some, I think maybe that's why like I tend to lean towards like 
um, like, you know, fighting games. Like I, I play like a lot of Street Fighter and I'm really into like uh, RPGs, like uh, like anything Final Fantasy I'm like super into or I, I can do like action RPGs. Like I, I like I, I love Fallout, Skyrim and, and yeah, like those games are amazing. But um, yeah, but just like when, when it comes to like first person shooters, like it's just um like i have to play them like in like short bursts like call of duty halo just anything like that and that i feel like that's why like i was so down to play gears because it's like third person and you know the the camera's not super crazy so like i my mind and my brain isn't gonna get all messed up yeah no and like here's the shit and it's funny that like you liked it because it was third person because i remember growing up uh, especially in high school, all my friends fucking hated Gears because it was third person. Mm-hmm. And there was, I also played like Ghost Recon games and a lot of those were third person. I was like, oh, this is sick. I love third person, like Rainbow Six Vegas and shit like that. And uh, yeah, because Vegas was like half and half because you can use, there was like a whole cover system. But um, yeah, the third person games are sick. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I think it's cool. I, I, I play Fallout uh, 3 and third person. That's sick. I actually forgot that you could do that. Yeah. Fallout took probably years off of my life, but it's fine. It was worth it. Dude, there was a point like when Fallout 3 was out, I was unemployed, and that's all I would do is I would just play Fallout. Like I, I, I bought in Fallout, and my mom just left me alone. I, I just like I was like I think I was like unemployed for like four months, and I I was just sit in my room and I would just play Fallout, and I would play Fallout so much that like i would have like these like vivid dreams of being in the wasteland oh shit yeah and it was so strange and then and then eventually like you know after like you know a couple months i i ended up like you know getting a job and like the game had already been beaten and i had already like read everything that i could about it on like wikipedia so like i was like finally like okay to like stop playing it and, like especially after like all the D- dlc and everything but seriously that game like um like for it like coming out and like kind of just changing the world for fallout i was like dude this is so this is so awesome this is like like i'm gonna love this game forever yeah no and that was a game that really did it for like what you're saying like you know what you how much time you put into it it was like that for everyone like and the people who didn't get like that over fallout they got like that over skyrim so it, it was like cool that like everybody had the same experience where the games were just so good that they just fucking suck people into them and that's like my thing now like i've been laid off for a few months now and uh i was just like well i'm just gonna skate every day and when i'm not skating i'm gonna just play video games like i just bought like a bunch of the assassin's creed games and fucking the last of us and just like a bunch of random games and i've just been trying to like beat them all because i'm like a, i'm like a little achievement whore and like i know playstation has like the trophies mm-hmm. so i like try to like beat games like get my gamer scores up and just like look through them yeah that's uh really fun i i feel like uh it gives you like a whole new aspect on like playing the game because obviously like you can like play it and just um, enjoy it and go through it but then like it kind of gives it like um like replay value because like you can go and kind of look and be like all right cool like there's like i i get like like a little reward for doing like a certain thing and i i, I like that um uh they'll tell you like you know oh like you know like like x percent of people got this like you know trophy or uh, achievement so it kind of like lets you know like okay cool like i'm actually like in this elite group of people that actually like you know love the game this much that actually went out of their way to to do this hard thing yeah no it's and it's cool because like you know people need that at least i do because like there's so much serious shit going on and and like the world and like that's what people need is like an escape to like whether like you feel like a kid again or just need to get away for like a bit and like 
you know, because being serious all the time and worried, like, it's not good for anyone that sucks. So it's cool that, like, video games are there. And, like, I was super stoked. I remember, like, when, uh, because that Vatican LDB set, like, everybody was, like, coming out, like, oh, I play video games, I do this. And I was like, all right, sick. Everybody's a fucking nerd, and now everybody knows what's going on. And that's cool. Yeah, I was actually surprised because, um, like, yeah, I, I guess I just wasn't exposed or just not talking to the right people. But I, I never realized how many gamers are actually involved in hardcore. So seeing that, I, I thought it was like really awesome because, uh, like, growing up, I, I remember in middle school, like, uh, people used to try to uh, like bully me and make fun of me uh, because I played video games, and like uh, people used to call me a liar because I told them that, that I had a PS2. But like straight up, like my mom went day one and like. Um, picked it up because like she like we went and, like reserved it at, like this local game store in our mall like back home it, it used to be called software etc but then it eventually turned into a GameStop. but like she, okay. she reserved the the ps2 like you know as soon as we we could and she paid it off like throughout the year and then the, the day it came out she literally went to the mall in the morning and picked it up and like it was there for me when i got home from school and like yeah it was, it was weird when i was younger like in like I playing video games like wasn't cool but like now it's like there's like this whole like you know like cool culture like around it and I, I was just oh like, yeah like now everybody has a fucking copy of call of duty or has a system like and like i went i had the same experience you know because i was like you know especially in fucking elementary school i was a fucking nerd dude i had my fucking hair grown out and i was obsessed with halo like i couldn't play gears of war yet because my mom was like oh it's too bloody like stupid shit like that uh-huh. But it's funny too, like you say about the like the PS2, like having to reserve it, like because I remember how limited like consoles were back then. Like you really had to go to a GameStop and hope that they had them in stock. Like there was no like Amazon, or it wasn't as easy to just order a system. Yeah, things are way more convenient now. Oh, a hundred percent, and it, it's cool because like I mean, there's more people that care about it. Like uh, came in. Uh, strangle you shout them out they're sick uh atlanta hardcore but uh we, you know we've been on a three-day conversation now about the last of us and i thought it was really funny because he like texted me out of the blue about the game and i was like damn like there's so many other people in hardcore that are literally like just as like i, I guess like nerdy as i am and i think it's funny because it's like we're all at these shows like being lunatics and moshing and saying this and whatever and screaming about that and it's like at the end of the day we're like we're all just a bunch of fucking chaotic little nerds yeah shout out came in a great guy um but yeah no it's sick i i i love that you know like we're able to like lean on each other and uh, just talk about video games because obviously you guys are um, going through it at the same time because i because i i did see his tweets and him being really into last of us 2 so so it's cool to know that you know you guys are able to you know just um, hit each other up and nerd out about it yeah, no, exactly. So I'm stoked about it. Um, most of my band plays video games. Uh, like Billy, he's he plays on PC, so he's a big ass fucking nerd too. So it's cool. Okay, so uh, there's like I think only like one major like release left for like the PS4. So I I, I just curious. I'm in the PS4's lifespan. In your opinion, um, which is the greatest PS4 game to have come out? Uh, dude, The Last of Us too easy. Oh. I mean, the first one, like, like it, dude, it was, like, uh, for me, God of War is definitely up there, but, like, I'm not kidding when I tell you, like, The Last of Us 2, like, playing through that game, I haven't been that sucked into uh, a, a storyline or, like, felt like I was even, like, involved since Gears of War 3. Like, it's been so long since I really had a game, like, like, I guess, like, consume me as a person and be, like, 
oh fuck I, like i care about these characters and yeah definitely the last of us too okay hell yeah well that's that's really high praise um but yeah i think the 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 last like big like triple a tile that's um gonna come out is like that uh, game ghost of uh tsushima i, I don't know if you've seen anything that on game it. looks sick yeah yeah and like that company um who who's, who's making it sucker punch they came out with um obviously for like ps2 they did sly cooper um but fast forward to ps4 they came out with like one of the first games that they did that um infamous second son and like i'd never played um infamous before that but i jumped into infamous second son and fell in love with it i, I played it like you know as a good guy and a bad guy and i was like wow this is like this is like the, the new generation and this is like way back early ps4 days but i was like this is this is amazing like i i love this yeah series. i gotta check that game out because i heard that game is really cool yeah yeah it's a fun fun like and a cool story like because it's like futuristic i think it's like it takes place in like seattle if i remember correctly but 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 it's insane. yeah no that sounds uh, sick i definitely want to check that out yeah but think about it. they they came out with like that game in like 2014 and i think they just kind of like went um you know silent and then like right and that was at the beginning of the ps4 life cycle and then here we are at the end and they're coming out with this game ghost of uh, tsushima and that shit looks so so crazy yeah, no, that game, like, I seen the trailer for that, and I was like, that's fucking crazy. And I remember seeing something like, uh, there's no, uh, I guess there's no mini-map. Like, so, like, if you're on a quest and it says, like, oh, you got to go to, you got to go to this place, look for this giant building, you really have to just roam the world and find it. And I was like, that's such a realistic concept. And, like, it's definitely going to add a lot more playtime because I'm sure everyone's going to spend a lot of time trying to fucking find shit. Um but I'm like that. That's cool because that's like, you, you know, I appreciate things like that. So I'm like, wow, that's something that's really gonna pull you into the game and like make you like, outside of the video game, you're gonna be like at work or whatever, thinking about it. Like, oh man, like if this is in that area and this is that. You know what I mean? It kind of like steps out of the video game and gets into your brain a little bit. Yeah, you gotta think it's so common to to have a mini map and kind of just have like a little like sense of direction, but to to be put in a whole new world with really like you know n like no sense of direction, you gotta kind of just figure it out on your own. I, I feel like that, that's pretty awesome, and it's gonna bring like a whole new sense of adventure. Yeah, exactly. I, that's something I'm actually really excited for. I think that game will be sick. Okay. Um. Well, I, I love this, uh, uh, you know, uh, video game talk, but there's like, there's um, one last thing I, I want to ask you about. Uh, Ripped Away, uh, you guys uh, won an award. It's a Steam Town Music Awards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking really cool. Uh, shout out Joe Caviston. Uh, he does like a lot of stuff for like the Scranton like music scene. Not mm -hmm. so much like heavy stuff, but um, he like books a lot of shows like for bars in the area and like he does like emo nights. So he, he's very inclined with like local music and you know, even him not being involved in heavy music, he still pays respects for it. And I know he, like, booked shows back in the day. Um, he had a, a venue called Ignore Ridby's where he did do, like, a lot of hardcore shows and big shows like that. But um, these days, not so much of that, but still, like, you know, homage to him. He's, you know, a great dude. But, yeah, he gave us an award for, uh, I think it was, like, Best Heavy Act or something like that. And that was really cool because I was there. Um, one of our other members was there too and like i was just there with a couple of people i skated with i was like i'll check it out like you know support it like it's you know it's local music like check out some bands like whatever because i listen to a lot of stuff outside of hardcore like a lot of like indie bands and fucking dad rock and butt rock whatever you want to call it but um like yeah this is sick and we were hanging out and i'm like literally at the bar drinking a beer and my buddy's like 
starts freaking out and he's grabbing me. He's like, yo, yo, go up there. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you guys just fucking won an award. I'm like, what? So I went up there and like gave a little speech and shit. It was really cool. I was very nervous. Well, yeah, I, I can imagine if you're at the bar and you had no idea that you guys were going to win and you kind of like, you know, last second, like, hey, go give a speech. Like, oh shit. Like, all right. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, I think that's what kind of made it like even funnier though, looking back on it now is that I promise you there was not like an ounce of hope in my head that we were going to win anything. Mm-hmm. So like to actually be up there, I was like, damn, this is like cool that people give a shit. Yeah. So shout out to you guys winning that award. Cause I was, you know, just kind of going through your guys' Instagram and I saw that and I, I, I thought that was cool that somebody cares enough about the local music that they're willing to do like an award show. Cause that takes a lot of effort. And so for, for somebody to do that, I, I think it's awesome. And for you guys to, to get recognized was, was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I was stoked about it. Like I still am. It was a really cool opportunity. Okay. So, uh, I, I know early on we mentioned that you moved. Um, it, it was, did you move for like a specific reason or did you just want to kind of like, you know, try something new? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, so around here like i mean work works hard like if you don't have a trade or like don't do like restaurant or bars stuff like that like it's hard to find work like i was working warehouse to warehouse and i, I got sick of it i was like you know like i want to do something else with my life and i was like well let me try philadelphia because i've always like been infatuated with like new york city and philadelphia philadelphia just seemed more reasonable uh-huh. and like mainly just between that like wanting to find a better job and music itself i was like dude if i move to philly i can go to a show every fucking weekend i can see all kinds of like crazy bands because you know like philly hardcore shows like you know they're fucking doing so much fucking work like all those dudes are killing it like there's literally a show every fucking weekend obviously like not now because of corona but so i was like that's just where like the music scene's at right now and that's like where i want to be so you know, I try to like, I don't necessarily like base my entire life around hardcore, but in a sense I do because, you know, that that's what I care about. I'm kind of like what keeps me sane. So moving to Philly just made sense and it worked out. I mean, you know, I ended up landing like a really cool fucking job that I like. Like it's hard work, but you know, money's good. I got a cool spot in Philly and, you know, hopefully when the shit's over, shows pick up again and, and get back into that. Yeah, I, I remember seeing you uh, tweet about how um, like moving to Philly was uh, like one of the best things to happen. If, if I'm remembering that tweet correctly. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like you know, I I do it all over again ten times. Like you know, it, it's for me too being on my feet now because you know as I started moving in or uh, moving down there, you know, I had like friends help me out, you know, um, which is cool. But now I'm in a situation where I am completely on like on my own and you know everything's on me and like i I have roommates but it's still up to me to like have my part of the rent things like that and that's something for the first time for me is like growing as a person it it was cool because i'm actually on my own like there was a lot of times where like i like had my own place but like it was with someone else or like you know what i mean like kind of like split the rent type deal where this is like a house the rent split for the mortgage but like my room is my room my rent's my rent like you know what i mean it's just like that sense of independence that i didn't really have that side of it so it's cool to like finally be like in my own world where i'm like all right i'm in philadelphia i'm not from here i got a cool job like i'm kind of like living my life right now i'm like figuring out where i want to go from here it's cool to like kind of like be in a space for once where i can think about my future rather than being so like surrounded by so much chaos and like just toxic shit where it's like now i can think about like actually having a future and like doing things like that 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you're able to kind of get that perspective and take that step for yourself because it, it, it's definitely hard to kind of step away from from like, you know, like somewhere that you'd call home and just kind of go into like a whole new city. And like, I, I know it's just like a couple hours away, but uh, I, I know for a fact that like, you know, I grew up in Palm Springs, moved to Orange County. That's like a two hour difference. But that two hours like difference is like a whole new world, like out here in Orange County. So I, I oh, hundred percent. I could imagine. Yeah. So I, I think it's really cool that you're able to, you know, take that step and and and, and like like I know firsthand that it's really hard to to move somewhere and start fresh. So to to hear that you're having a, a good experience and you know um, you're stable, it's it's really awesome. And I like you know hope it, it works out like, you know long term and uh, you know you get what you want out of like you know moving to um, Philadelphia. Yeah. No. Exactly. And like that's what, like. It, it, it was fucking scary, man. Like, uh, like, cause I went down there for shows all the time. I was basically driving there every weekend, but when you really live there, like, like when I started going grocery shopping there, you know, I'm used to, let's say going to Walmart. Yeah. It's packed, but it's not, it's not Philadelphia packed. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're just going to get gas, like seeing like, you know, 30, 40 people at a gas station. I'm used to seeing like maybe three people, like, they're like every car that drives by, like probably knowing like three out of the five cars that drove by. So going from such a small town to like Philadelphia was very like, oh shit, I got to get used to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that's awesome. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious, like you moved to Philly and then I know um, like early uh, in, in the pandemic, you, you put out a demo with, with your newer band, Fool's Game. And I, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, and, and has members from like other bands. And I, I was just curious, did you um, already have this in the works before you moved to Philly or did this start once you got settled in, um, in Philadelphia? No. So this was, uh, I always wanted to like have like a faster hardcore band cause I, I love doing the rift away stuff, like the heavier stuff. But I, I always was like very like, Oh man, like doing something like, you know, kind of like backtrack style or just something like faster, like more two step, be like fun. I was like, I want to do that so bad. And, um, I was like thinking, I was like, man, like who, who could I do it with? And I was talking to, I, yeah, I talked to, I brought it up to uh, Keith and Bob Wilson once and Bob's like, why don't you just talk to some of the shackle dudes and start a band with them? And I like thought about it, man, that's such a cool idea. There was a strength for a reason, uh, show. It was a benefit show a little bit like right outside of Philly. I can't remember the name of the area. I think it was Phoenixville and, uh, barely from shame's file on face Rec was there. And like, we've known each other for years. So, and I like brought it up to him and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know what? Let's do it. Like, that'd be cool. I want to play in a fast band. So I hit up Andrew from Shackled, their guitar player and uh, Nick, their drummer. And they were down. So we like chilled out for a couple of days on it. Um, everybody was down. We started a group chat, talked about it, you know, barely wrote all the songs. I wrote the lyrics and we went to Lens and recorded it and banged it out uh, in a day and dropped the demo. And it, it seemed like people like, like kind of liked it. So I'm stoked about it. Yeah, uh, I I remember I I checked it out, and I was like, dude, this is like super sick. And I I know you guys were slated to play that uh, the Unity barbecue, right? Yeah, yeah. Bob uh, had us on that, and unfortunately, it got canceled because of like the Corona shit, and like that sucks. Because I was stoked. I was like, man, like first show, like it's a banger. Like all my fucking friends' bands are playing. Yeah, and I was like, dude, like um, that would have been like a legendary first show because like. Um, and like, I, I always give Bob high praise for um, putting the unity barbecue 
together because I, I I love the, the the lineup for the first one and just hearing about how awesome it, it went over and then seeing the lineup for the second one I'm like dude this shit just keeps getting like better and better and uh, seeing you guys on it and that being the first show for Fool's Game I was like damn this is this is gonna be like legendary. Yeah, I, I was like super stoked and I'm still like bummed that it didn't happen but you know hopefully when this shit's over we can like get to play a show because we're we're itching right now and we're writing more music so it's cool because fool's game is definitely like just as serious for me as ripped away is mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, I'm i'm definitely stoked that you guys went to um tyler mullen for like that artwork i i always like the crazy stuff that that he does yeah dude he's like a fucking wizard or demon wizard like the shit he makes is crazy i definitely want to do like more stuff with him shout out you're the nice yeah i'm I, I definitely like seeing uh, all, all the stuff that that he does. Like w- whenever people post that, it's like done by him. I'm like, okay, like I, I can tell because like, he has like that that flavor. Yeah, no, dude, he fucking kills it. Like you know, he's his own fucking you know, it's his art. Like he's fucking really talented. Okay, but uh, I'm I'm definitely stoked to hear that uh, you know, Fool's Game isn't just like some you know cool side project that, that happened. The fact that you guys are writing new music and you said you're taking it serious, I I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's cool for me because, like, it, it's a bunch of, like, you know, people my age that are just like, yeah, let, let's just fucking play fast music and have fun and, like, just do this and, like, you know, because when we started the band, we're like, we just want to b- play a bunch of shows and, like, with our friends and just do whatever. So it's, like, really cool that it kind of, like, came together. Everybody's on the same boat. Yeah, and especially you guys, like, you know, uh, from, like, being from now out there in philly it's cool for them to to have another new band part of the scene yeah no exactly i'm stoked about it okay oh yeah that, that, that's super sick to hear and I, i'm gonna be looking forward to hearing uh the new music in the future but, but yeah man it's it's, it's it's so crazy like started this band or um you guys put out the the demo in march and here we are in uh, basically uh, almost July, and there's been like you know no shows or anything. It's it's such a bummer. Dude, it's fucking killing me, man. <laughs> I can't like I don't care how corny it sounds. I just want to mosh. Like I miss moshing so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, like, am I even gonna like? I, I don't even know what it's gonna be like. Cause, I, I, cause I'm curious because like out here, there's like you know, uh, there's like a, a, a bunch of different venues, whether it be in like L.A. or Orange County or San Diego. So I'm I'm just not sure like you know who's gonna have the first show back or what's gonna pop off where. So I, I'm just always like uh, just thinking about it and w- I'm wondering what it's gonna be like and like how kids out here are gonna take it. Yeah, I think um, I, I think most most of the people will be on board. I think you're gonna have a few people that are like, oh, it's too soon, whatever. But I, I think for the majority of the people, everybody's gonna jump back in it, and I think it's gonna be crazy. I think everybody's gonna mosh. I think you know it's just gonna be fucking chaos. Like a little bit more than it always is just because it's been away for so long yeah i I hope everybody kind of um uh appreciates it more when it does come back just because uh we've never been in this situation and it's just a a, like a clear example of like you know hardcore isn't always going to be forever like it's only you know continuing because of all the hard work that everybody's putting in together to to keep it going you know starting bands uh, doing zines, podcasts, uh, you know, putting on shows and just like, you know, um, putting on younger kids and just 
keeping it going. Like it, it all takes work and it's not just going to, you know, con- continue if we just kind of sit around and do nothing. So I, I hope people can recognize that during all this. And when it does come back, I hope we all just kind of uh, appreciate it more and, you know, shut up and put more into it and uh, keep it going even harder. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with that. And, and that's what I hope is I've seen a lot of very, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, just a lot of negative energy directed towards like the hardcore community itself. And, especially on like Twitter and things like that. And it, you know, it sucks to see, you know, nothing's perfect, but I feel like almost in a sense that people, it seems like just blame hardcore, which to me doesn't really make sense because there's bad people involved in everything. And you know, those people can easily get weeded out and taken care of and, you know, things get better over time. But, um, it, it, I'm hoping once shows do come back, that kind of like, I, I feel like almost like hatred towards like the whole like scene itself kind of goes away and people start, you know, caring for and like making it a better, I don't want to say like a better place. Cause it's not a fucking terrible place. Like the way people make it seem on the internet, but it's, I just hope people like, I guess start to actually give a shit and just, you know, go to shows and have fun rather than, you know, bring social media and that every fucking thing that happens. For sure. I definitely agree with everything you said, but, uh, Clemo, I, I w- want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, getting up early and doing it. So I, I definitely appreciate that. But before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, you know, uh, follow the hive on Instagram, you know, uh, scrambles for our course coming up. Uh, dude, honestly, I'd love to shout out a bunch of bands, but, um, actually I'll shout out like three bands that I feel like deserve it. Cause you know, there's a lot of hype bands right now, but definitely, you know, choice to make put out a record recently. Check it out. Uh, some of um, Dude, there's so many bands. I know uh, Molly just started a band with those Delaware kids. I can't think of the name. Uh, this band Spirit Flaw. Well, check them out. Um, yeah, but yeah, dude, thank you for having me so much. Like, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you again. I, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamer K Podcast. Always on top. <laughs>